Hey everybody, John Ramstead here, and I'm with uh, Sandra Crawford Williamson. And uh, thank everybody. I just want to th- uh, thank everybody for just getting back to us on the survey um, that we put out there. And Sandra and I have been going through all the data, some amazing questions, Sandra. And we wanted to start doing some um, episodes, just Sandra and I talking. We're both coaches. We both just. Uh, um, man, we've lived a lot of life. I don't know if you you guys at all call us experts, but you know what we want to do is just share our thoughts and our experiences, just be real vulnerable, and just dig into some of the questions that you guys asked us to answer. Right, Sandra? Absolutely. It was great going through all of the results people sent in and just seeing what's really important to you, the listeners. And isn't it funny how there were so many common threads, John, and the common threads that you and I had dealt with in our lives. Yeah, and so here's where we want to start. Uh, there were so many comments in, in what you guys gave us on feedback on, on really, I, I would put it in this whole category of work-life balance, right? <laughs> you know, what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? And here's what I want to tell you guys. Here's my opinion. Work-life balance is a myth, in my humble opinion. Uh, Sandra, what are your thoughts on work-life balance? Yeah, when I coach and when I speak, I tell people work-life balance doesn't exist. Work-life balance is something that, you know, people talk about and it sounds pretty, but what it really is is it's a juggling act. And, you know, you have all these things that you're keeping in the air, you know, whether it's work, family, coaching your kids, um, your relationship with the Lord, nonprofit boards you might be on, whatever all those things might be, you're constantly juggling all those things. And, you know, for me and my career and my season with the Lord and my family, you know, what we do is we know what season we're in, right? And the season might be for a day, you know, it might be, hey, guys, I've got to go do this conference at DBU and I'm going to leave before anybody gets up and I'm going to get home after you're all in bed. And you know what? We're just going to get through that day. But it's that open communication of dialogue. You mentioned that before, John, that, you know, when you're going to have a a season, no matter how long it is, when maybe the work gets a little bit more time on the juggling act that you just are, you know, totally transparent. Everybody go, look, guys, here's what we're going to do. And we're going into this as a family. And, you know, so everybody knows, hey, mom's not home, but that's okay. You know, she'll be back when I wake up tomorrow. And, you know, just that transparent over-communication. We always talk about leadership is, you know, how good of a communicator you are is a really big piece of it. Well, I strive to be an over-communicator. So I think that's part of it. But I just, you know, I tell people life is like a big stew, right? You got all these ingredients and you're trying to make it taste good, right? And <laughs> and you're putting in all this stuff. And you know what? Some pots of stew I make have a little too much pepper. And some pots of stew have a little, you know, maybe too many bay leaves. And, you know, this one's got a little too much protein. And, you know, no day is the same. You know, Every I got to tell you, just as a side note, like I hate when... Stew. I hate when people put bay leaves in the stew because I'm the guy that always actually gets the whole bay leaf and bites on it. And man, that is just that is just a fresh start right there. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I had a girlfriend <laughs> go to the emergency room because she swallowed one. So yeah, stay away from the bay leaves, people. You don't need any of that in your stew. But uh, but you know, no day, no day is the same for me. 
And so I'm just striving to, to ride this wave of um, knowing when you're juggling everything, you know, I call it plate spinning or juggling, but you know, you, you have that, you're old enough. Like I am, you remember like the guys that spun the plates being on the Carol Burnett show and they go from plate to plate and they spin them and, you know, they try to keep one from crashing. And so I always say, you know, life is like a, a plate spinning act and you have to keep the most important plate spinning all the time. And so you have to know which plate can't fall, which plate can't break. And for me, that's my children, right? So I know that plate can never fall. You know what? Sometimes I have to tell people, no, I can't do something. Sometimes I have to change an appointment if somebody gets ill. Sometimes I have to, you know, hand a, a project off to one of my team members. Um, so, so I know that plate can't fall. But I think the key, John, is knowing what your filter is up front, right? You and I talk about the, our, our yes and no filter. You know, when we get asked to do something, don't try to, like, be responsive to that thing right then. Know up front what kind of stuff you're going to say yes to and what kind of stuff you're going to say no to and why. So that anytime anything comes in, it's an, it's an easy answer, right? Yeah, so this is what we're gonna. This is what we're gonna share with you today is is how to actually create that framework and know why you're saying yes and no to certain things. So just, uh, I was just sharing with Sandra before we got started. Um, before my accident, that many of you guys are familiar with, but this is five years ago. I was working sixty hours a week at a job. I was on six nonprofit boards, two of which I founded myself. Uh, was running the board and the executive director of the nonprofit and raising funds for those boards and trying to be at every kid's school, you know, practice and 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 come home. And, and uh, so here's what was happening is I was a people pleaser. Maybe you guys can relate to this. I didn't know how to say I didn't want to say no because I was also kind of trying to build my brand and my reputation. Uh, but Sandra, I was doing most of this out of obligation. So my joy and happiness and fulfillment in all this crazy activity, man, all of a sudden it just was weighing me down and weighing me down and weighing me down. And my wife and I were talking recently, Sandra, and she said that, you know, before the accident, before you really kind of got clear on, you know, who you are and what you wanted to do and why you wanted to do it, she said, man, there was times when I knew it was, you know, six or seven at night and you're supposed to be coming home and I had to get myself ready for you to walk in the door because I knew you were going to just be a grump. You were not going to be a good mood. And I got to tell you, I was just operating, doing everything I thought I should be doing. And I, man, I just wasn't happy. So, you know, I, I don't know about the work-life balance equation. I just tell you this. I was completely out of balance for all the wrong reasons, Sandra. Yeah, I mean, I think I went through a phase. So in 2011, I am 44 years old in the C-suite of a $3 billion company. And God has a wonderful sense of humor. And, you know, after four miscarriages and surviving cancer, um, they had told me we couldn't have any more children. Mm. Well, at 44, here I am expecting a baby. And, you know, we get a new CEO and things are crazy and everybody's working all the time. And, um, you know, I just had this moment where I was like, God, this is not you. You haven't given me this miracle baby for me to be 
miserable all the time and stressed out. I mean, I would leave the office crying because it was such a frustrating time. And so, um, you know, like all new CEOs, he gives a lot of the C-suite folks the opportunity to stay or go. And so I, I opted to go. And um, that sounded great, right? I had this package. I picked my kid up from kindergarten. She looks me in the eye and says, Mommy, did you leave your job to spend more time with me? I mean, talk about conviction, right? right. And I said, yes I, yes, I did. And so she got in the car, and that all sounded great. Well, guess what? The next day... You don't, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I don't have a job title. I don't have an office to go to. I don't have a big Rolodex of people that need me for something. And the next six months were very hard because my identity had been for so long tied up in my job title and, my, you know, how many people needed me to speak or, you know, answer them or, you know, whatever project I was on. And so all of a sudden, when that is all stripped away, and you're, you're kind of like, oh, now I, I'm me. I don't have these 17 things behind my name. That was really hard. And so I went through a phase where it was, I was so insecure in that and, and trying to, to realize that my identity was really in Christ. Um, you know, I was a strong believer, but it was the first time since I was 14 years old, I didn't have a team, a company, a boss that were depending on me for something, right? I had these wonderful kids and a great husband, um, but but my work identity was, was gone. And so I, I became very insecure in that. So anything people asked me to do, like they didn't even have to get it all the way out. And I was like, yes, yes, one time. Absolutely. I'll do it. Yes, we're both we're both recovering people pleasers. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people I work with, my clients. So let me let me share that. I think we're going to get into three areas here. First of all, how do we get some things into alignment? The the number two is how do we kind of have an equation to count the cost of what we say yes and no to? And then the third area is kind of then how do we map that to what we you know, what we are personally good at? And is this even even if it may be. Uh, is an alignment? Is it something we should do? So here's the here's the first thing I use, uh, and um, I didn't I, I didn't interview with Ford Taylor. It's episode 186. So you guys can go to eternalleadership.com forward slash 186. It's from transformational leadership, but the acronym is VP Mosa. It stands for Vision, Purpose, Mission, Objective, Strategy and action. And I use this with all my clients, all the teams, the organizations that I work with. So vision, think about this for you personally listening, right? What is that direction? I think a vision for for me is something that I know I'll actually never accomplish, right? I want to to equip and inspire leaders to work in God's kingdom. I could be doing that until I'm 100 years old, right? My purpose, that is my personal why. My mission is what I'm doing right now you know what I, either I'm called to do, you know the work at a you know either at a nonprofit or an organization. But then Sandra, I look at those three things and say, what are my big objectives? So right now, one of our big objectives is to you know was to bring you on the podcast, right? To connect to more people, to add more value. Another one of my big objectives is to work with larger teams because we want to have influence over more people to have a bigger kingdom impact. So let's just take that as an example. Then let's look at our strategy in each one. 
of those two areas. What are the things that we need to be doing to be successful? And then we would break that down into what are those action steps, daily, weekly, monthly. And now, guess what? Like I, I was telling you, Sandra, I got called by a board of a big organization recently, and they said, would you be on my board? I'm like, wow, that sounds fascinating, intellectually totally interesting. But I looked at my VP Mosa, and it really didn't fit in. So what I shared with them is thank you for thank you for offering that opportunity to me. I'm going to say no, and here's exactly why. And you know what they said? They thanked me, Sandra, for saying no and being so clear about why I was saying no because most of the time they hear from people, you know, I'll think about it, I'll get back to you, please follow up with me, or they say yes and they're not all in. So so how yeah. do you, so what is your what how do you kind of filter saying yes and no? Yeah, I I love your uh, your acronym and it sounds like like a fancy French dish or something. So it's very appetizing. <laughs> I, uh, it's really you know, good with garlic. Went, right. So I went through that, you know, uh, identity shift, if you will. And, um, and, you know, then I, I just spent probably a solid 18 months in what I call self-awareness mode. You know, I attended classes, I read books, I went through the Halftime Institute, I did every assessment I could find. Um, and the one that I put the most credit in is Strength Finders 2.0, and then also a book, The Power of Uniqueness by Bill Hendricks. Mm. And he actually became one of my mentors and you know, we worked together on something called um, Discover Your Design. We need to get him on the podcast, the, Sandra. Oh, he's so great. Uh, so what all of that taught me was exactly who I am, what I'm great at, what I'm naturally, you know, born to do, what I'm not great at, what I don't like to do. And I have like this grid and it's, it's based on my five strength finders. And so anytime anything comes along, so whether it's a client, um, whether it's a coaching client, a corporate client, uh, whether it's a, a board offer, a speaking gig, you know, I get asked to do a lot of um, volunteer board stuff. And so what I do is I say, okay, well, the first thing I, I do is I say, well, you know what? I'm really going to need, uh, it sounds corny, but I, I need you to help me with what is that job description? What does that look like? What are the roles and responsibilities going to be of that? Because pre-Sandra would just be like, yes. And then I'd find out what it was and I would go, oh, what have I done? Right? And <laughs> yes, so I've I, the first thing I do is I say, okay, well, tell me more about that. What does that look like? Do you have a, a, you know, a role description, a job description, even a to-do list, a calendar of it, you know, anything that gives me an idea that's a real breakdown of what really is it? Then I take that stuff and I put it against my street finders. And, you know, very quickly, I can see, well, you know what, 20% of that job is right in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm going to love it. But this 80% is really in what I call my can-dos. I can do that, and I'm really good at it. But when I'm operating my can-dos, it takes energy away from me. Like, I have to pour myself into it, and I'm tired, and I'm grumpy. When I'm operating in my giftedness, my, you know, my strength, I'm, like, excited. You know, Bill Hendricks calls it, what would you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and run to go do and not even get paid for it? What's that stuff? 
that's what I want to be doing. That is a and great so filter, right? When I get up at four in the morning and, and go, well, you know what? This is on my calendar for early this morning. And you're like, oh, I need coffee. Yeah. Or you're like, man, I, I can't wait to get, get at it. Because I'm the same way, right? I think... Um, I'm a huge fan, you know, of really understanding my core values and are, are my values and how I want to honor those, you know, completely lined up with this. So that's a big part of, it seems like both of us, how we say yes and no to things. Cause we're kind of really, I guess the way I think about it, right. It's about the, who we be, right. Cause the being yeah. our strengths, our, our gifts, our, you know, spiritual gifts, our skills, our values. That is that should really inform the doing because if I do the doing before thinking about the being, then I'm doing it out of obligation, and I know I'm setting myself up to just be a grump, and I'll show up, but I'm not going to be, you know, it's not going to be something that's just making me feel alive. Yeah, absolutely, you pegged it. I mean, I'm doing it because I have to, or because I said I would, or because I, you know, it looks cool on my resume. But you know what? Here's the other piece. If you're doing things for those reasons, you're not going to do a great job because your heart's not in it, right? Mm -hmm. you're, 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 it's transactional. It's something you're doing transactionally. Okay, I'm going to do this, and they're going to do this, and I'm going to do that. It's not like your passion. You know, we, we interviewed Hans Fenzel, and he was with uh, Mother Teresa, right? And yeah. he said Mother Teresa was a reluctant leader, but because she was so passionate, anybody would follow her to do anything, right? And so if you're operating in your strengths, if you're operating in what your core values, as you define it, um, you're going to be excited. You're going to be on fire. You're going to be, you know, so excited to do the work. And, and so then you're going to be better at it and people are going to want to do it with you and it's going to be more successful. So, you know, I, I learned the hard way. If I'm doing something just because I think I should or because it looks good on a resume or because somebody's going to pay me a certain amount of money and I'm not doing it because I'm excited about it and it's in my strengths, then odds are not only will I be in a bad mood and grumpy, odds are it won't go well because you can only operate on sheer will and determination for so long. If you're not passionate about it, you'll ultimately peter out. Yeah, and you know, and, and to put things in the business context, right? So the step, first step for us was like make sure it's in alignment. So vision, purpose, mission. If part of your vision, purpose, mission right now is to grow an organization, and you're asked to be part of a a board or a networking group that you're not only passionate about but opens up relationships that you you can add value in, and vice versa. Man, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, I, you know, I I want to make sure I communicate some of the stuff that I do is absolutely for you know, for business reasons, but I understand why I'm doing it. So the first one is make sure it's in alignment. The second one, make sure it really fits who you are. So it's going to be passionate. And then I think that third area though, is counting the cost. And I, I want you guys to hear this, whatever you say yet, whenever you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. And if you say no to something, like when the board called me, you are actually saying yes to a future opportunity. So even though, man, it might be an alignment, it might absolutely fit your gifting, I know that where I'm at right now, if I said yes to something else, that means that I would not be, probably be able to be at all my son's practices or at his games or spend the time with my grandchild or my wife that I want to. So when all that comes together, right, I might have – it. everything has to be um, – 
alignment. And then the other thing I do, Sandra, too, is I sit down and I talk with Don. I said, wow, somebody's asking me to do this or I'm thinking about taking on, you know, do this collaboration with somebody else. And what are your thoughts? Because like uh, we were talking about when I first started my coaching business, I was very out of balance because I was every ounce of energy that I had when we got started was into building the coaching business, which meant I had to go to bed early. I couldn't go to a lot of the kids things. But we had talked about the entire thing as a family, and they knew exactly why I was going to be focused on this for a season. And they were totally on board, totally supportive, asking me how they can help. So instead of being a negative, um, I got to tell you, it was the first time in my life I was actually doing something where in the past would have been a negative. And this was just like, you know, brought our family together. Man, did that feel good. Absolutely. And that's the communication piece, right? Yep. How, how about you? What, what do you, you know, how do you, when you're looking at an opportunity, Sandra, count the cost? How do you, I mean, when that final decision yeah. to say yes or no, what is kind of that calculus that you go through? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, again, I find out exactly what it entails. And so that's going to tell me what kind of time commitment. Um, because another thing I've learned the hard way is there really are only 24 hours in the day, John. There really are. Even if we think we're all that and, you know, we're willing to do whatever it takes and, you know, go above and beyond and sleep on four hours, we literally cannot create time. And so, you know, that there's just only so much time in the day. And so you said it. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something later because there's only 24 hours in a day. And so I've gotten in the habit of, you know, when, when I'm faced with a to-do list, you know, on Sunday evenings, I map out my week and I, and I literally go on my calendar and very uh, kind of corny, but I color code things. And so I, I can then look at a week view and the colors pop out. Each child is a different color. Eternal leadership podcast is a color my coaching business is a color, speaking gigs are a color, and then what I call, you know, investment time, which is building the business, building the brand is a different color. And so I can look and in like a really quick glance, I can go, oh, wow, you know, there's an awful lot of purple on here, Jenna's purple. And so like, oh, okay. So I literally then will say, I got to find somebody who can take her to some of this stuff, right? And so it's, it's a silly little thing that I do. But it's a, it's just a great practice for me to sort of go, okay, I got a plate that's going to need a lot of attention this week. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, you can't do it by yourself. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to be these superheroes and, you know, there's all this uh, Marvel stuff going around now and then you know, Wonder Woman 2.0 and everything. But let me just tell you, that's not real life. And so... For a long time, when I first started, um, you know, my my marriage was newly married and had a newborn two years later, I tried to do it all myself. I was like, no, I'm going to be the super mom. I'm going to be the great executive. I'm going to be the great wife. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to be amazing because I can, I can outwork anybody. But guess what? There's only 24 hours in the day. And so finally, you know, I uh, Diane Patterson, actually, one of the people who kind of... Uh, I, she came alongside and we were working on projects together and she is just a great delegator and she's really big on trust. She finds people that are, that have skills she doesn't and she trusts them and empowers them. And, um, and so that's a lot. I do that a lot. It's like, okay, who would be really great at this? Because this is, you know what, doing this lion project for second grade science class 
this is not my giftedness. So I've learned that you can't do it alone. And so, you know, get help. I've got a, a group of working moms and, you know, we juggle kids and carpools and practices and stuff. And so, um, you know, just know, know your limits, know the time that something's going to take, because if you take on too much, then everything suffers. Well, you and know, I had that faith. Yes. And I, you know, just to wrap up, because we just interviewed Diane Patterson and, you know, it so struck me how clear she is on her priorities and who she is and what she says yes and no to. So you guys listening, she was invited to the White House to have a personal meeting with Ivanka Trump. They were, she was meeting with women in leadership and empowering the next generation to have kind of a, a roundtable meeting about how, um, you know, how to do this better. And Diane actually chose to send somebody from her team who would do better at communicating it, being part of this and following up than herself. And I was blown away because, wow, I mean, most people would move heaven and earth to probably go make that opportunity and get to know Ivanka Trump and be part of this national thing. And um, Diane said, nope, that's not me. I'm going to send somebody from my team because they would do a better job than I would in that environment. And I got to tell you, that really struck me. Yeah, I mean, she already had a vacation in Italy planned with her husband. And, you know, they're managing four kids and two careers and the nonprofit forward. And, you know, she just looked at what the gig was going to be and said, you know what, I'm going to stick to my vacation. There's people I know and trust that could, you know, do this just as well, if not better than me. Yeah. I mean, that that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of um, very, being very comfortable in your own skin and knowing who you are and how you are um, gifted and who you are in Christ. Because if you're constantly trying to prove to other people how cool you are and how awesome you are and how smart you are, um, not only is that exhausting and not real, <laughs> yeah, true. But, but, but you'll say yes to a lot of things that you shouldn't, right? And then it actually works against you because you're saying yes to stuff you shouldn't. And so some of those things might not go well. And then those people that you were trying to press, you wind up, you know, looking like a schmuck. Yeah, I'm letting them down. So just to wrap up, yep. guys, because we're going to run, but work-life balance I, th- I think you've kind of heard our heart on this, right? I, I really think it's kind of a, it's very seasonal, right? It's, it's a myth, but um, I, I really believe it is because I, I think everything is integrated. And that's the way, that's the way um, God wired us that, you know, everything is inter- interacting with each other. It's not like these two separate worlds of, of work slash life. I think just that is a construct that is false. So listen, figure out what's an alignment right? With what you've been called to do, your vision, your purpose, your mission, run that by who you are, who you be, right? Your strengths, your gifts, your talents, your values, and then count the cost. So when you say yes to something, you know exactly why you're saying yes, and you can communicate that to your friends, your family. And if you're saying no, you can tell the person you're saying no to exactly why you're saying no. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, Go to the Eternal Leadership Facebook group, Um, and give us your comments, your thoughts on this. And if there's anything that you would like Sandra and I to bring up in a future kind of Coach's Corner episode like this, a question you want us to answer, there is nothing out of bounds or off limits. Just shoot us an email, john at eternalleadership.com, or just post it in the Facebook group. So thank you, guys. We really look forward to our next conversation. Sandra, thank you for sharing such wise insights. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me. It was an awesome day. All right. Talk to you all soon.